0: Well, do you have something in your life that so drives you, or moves you, inspires you, something that means so much to you, that even though at times it'll involve great sacrifice, you will just keep at it, because you know it's worth it. You just keep going, no matter what. It Might be your business, because you know it's your livelihood, or more than that, it's your baby. You know, and you've given up holidays and family time and sleep. You're not quite sure what that concept is anymore. You've just tried to get it off the ground, but you keep at it because you're convinced it's worth it. It might be looking after your parents in their old age. You know, there's countless hours visiting and traveling. There's so many phone calls you need to make to advocate for their well-being. Maybe they even move in with you so that you can look after them, but you are 100% committed to them and to their care, and so you keep it up for weeks and months and years. Some things are just worth it, and so you keep going. It's a little trivial, but last year, Catherine and I were on a mountain hike. It was a long way to the top. We'd almost reached the summit, but we were beat. Uh, I'd calculated that we needed to turn around by 12.45 in order to catch the last bus out of the national park. We were still catching our breath at 12.45. We still couldn't see the top. We're about to head back, head back down, when a couple met us on their way down from the top. And they insisted that we keep on going. You're almost there. You can't stop now. And so we did keep going. We did reach the top and it was worth it. And not just because the view was amazing, but we're here today, which means we end up catching that bus home, which was good. (laughs) Now, friends, I mention all of this because this is a little bit like the letter of James. James is convinced that following Jesus is worth it. He also knows that there are lots of things that will make keeping on following Jesus hard. And so like our friends who spurred us on to keep walking, to reach the top, James wrote his letter to spur us on, to keep trusting in Christ, to reach eternal life. This morning we're going to be looking at chapter 1. As you can see in your outline, in your bulletin, James looks at the importance of persevering in trials. He then begins to show us what trials he has in mind before finally looking at how to persevere in our faith in the trials that we face. So firstly, the importance of persevering, and this is what the entire book of James is all about, persevering in your faith, in Christ, in every trial that comes your way. After introducing himself and his readers in verse 1, James then telegraphs what his whole letter is about in verses 2 to 4. So look at it there with me in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers... Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Persevering in our faith in Christ through trials, that's what the letter of James is all about. He wants us to reach the end of our lives still trusting in Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And the trials that we face along the way, they'll test our faith. They'll show the true character of our faith. It's a little bit like, you know, jumping on a plane and saying that you trust the pilot to land you safely. But how will you react when those first bumps of turbulence hit? or when the sheets of rain start to fall, or when the bolts of lightning crack just outside your window. Do you still trust the pilot to land you safely, or are you jumping up and down screaming that we're all going to die? Okay, the turbulence, the storm, and how you react to them will reveal the character of your faith in the pilot. It's the same with our trials. They reveal the character of our faith. Keeping on following Jesus when it's easy... Well, it might just be that you follow Jesus because it suits you. But keeping on following Jesus when it's hard, that shows that your faith is genuine, developing perseverance in your faith. And the end goal of perseverance, verse 4, is that we would be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's a little bit hard to know exactly what James means by that, but it's not that hard in the end because all you need to do is keep reading. Because down in verse 12, James basically repeats this idea, just uses a little bit of different language. So look at it there in verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. In verse 4, perseverance leads to completeness. Here, perseverance leads to the crown of life. This is why persevering in our trials is so important. Because after persevering, we receive eternal life. You start a marathon race, you pull out halfway through, you don't receive a prize. You know, there's no I ran the London Marathon t-shirts for those people who didn't finish. And there's no crown of life for those who don't persevere in their faith in Christ. By his death for your sins, the Lord Jesus is the only one who can give you eternal life. And so to give up on your faith in him, well, you will not live forever with him. And so, of course, we want to be the people that persevere, don't we? In fact, back in verse 2, we can even count it pure joy. When we face trials, because we know that our trials help us to persevere in our faith. And that's what we want to do. We want to persevere in our faith to receive the crown of life. So how do we persevere in our trials? How do we keep living with our faith in Christ as we face trials? Well, before getting to that, we first need to know what the trials are that James is talking about. Because the way you persevere through, say, eating celery, that's very different to the way you persevere on a mountain climb. Okay? How you persevere depends on what you're persevering through. You know, To have clarity on the how, we first need to know the what. So what trials does James have in mind that we are to persevere through? Well, it's a little bit of a surprise, actually. Because when we think of trials, we tend to think of things like bad news, you know, like getting cancer or being involved in an accident or losing your job. When we hear trials, we tend to think of suffering, you know, bad things happening to us. Now, the Apostle Paul, he will talk about how to persevere through those kinds of things in Romans chapter 8. But that's not actually what James has in mind at all. He doesn't talk about a world out there that's out of whack where things go wrong. James has very different trials on view in his letter. He introduces them to us from verse 5. And they're not the bad things that are happening to us. The trials he has in mind come from within, within our own hearts. Things like doubt, double-mindedness, greed and arrogance look at it there in verse five if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him but when he asks he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all he does The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wildflower. See, James is dealing with the fickleness of our hearts, hearts with doubt and double-mindedness, loving the world instead of loving God, hearts that get tripped up by wealth into greed and arrogance, hearts that stumble into sin the trials that James is calling on us to persevere through are the trials of being tempted to sin. We're to persevere through the testing of our faith that happens when we're tempted to sin. And this is what James goes on to clarify for us from verse 13. Verse 13. When tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The trial of being tempted to sin comes from within our own hearts. James pictures our desires and sin and death as being like three generations, you know, like a grandparent to a parent to a child. Our evil desires are the grandparent. See it there in verses 14 and 15? We're tempted by our own evil desires, and after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Our sin is brought into being by the evil desires that we have within. And sin, when it develops... Verse 15, fully grown sin, it gives birth to death. Because fully grown sin is when a person no longer has their faith in Christ. They're not trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. Instead, they've given themselves over to their sins. You see how it works? My evil desires to my sin to my death. My desires tempting me to sin. My sin leading me into death. The trials that James is calling on us to persevere in are the trials of our own evil desires tempting us into sin. Now, before we look at what James says about how to persevere. Just very briefly, come back with me to verse 2. We skated over this earlier, but it's worth noting the surprising attitude that we're to take into all of this. Look at it there, because you're not going to believe me unless you read it for yourself, all right? Look at verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. In other words, whenever you are tempted to sin, consider it Pure joy. Let me say that again. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, that is, whenever you are tempted to sin, James says, consider it pure joy. That is different, isn't it? That is different to the way we normally think. It's not that being tempted is good in and of itself. We've already seen that our temptations come from our own evil desires. So our temptations, they aren't good in and of themselves, but we can consider it pure joy when tempted to sin because, verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. In other words, whenever you're tempted to sin, it's an opportunity to show your faith to be genuine. Genuine. It's an opportunity to strengthen your faith. It's an opportunity to continue in your faith. When you're tempted to sin, it's an opportunity to develop perseverance in your faith. And as we know, perseverance leads to eternal life. So in your head right now, in the the quietness of your own mind, name a sin that you are struggling with. Might be anger, fits of rage, might be pornography, greed, slander, whatever it is, got it in your head. Now, the next time you are tempted to sin in that way, don't freak out. Don't throw your hands up in despair. Don't replay all the failures of your past. Instead, have a completely different attitude. See the temptation as an opportunity to exercise your faith, an opportunity to continue in your faith, to develop perseverance in your faith, because you're not just saying no to sin, you are saying yes to Jesus. So, for example, it's not good when the internet pops up, that unhelpful image on your screen. That is not good. But when it does... Delight in shutting it down. Say no to your sinful desires and rejoice in saying yes to Jesus. Don't feed your sin because if sin grows up, it gives birth to death. Instead, persevere in your faith in Christ because the one who perseveres will receive the crown of life that God has promised. Now, How exactly do we do this? How do we persevere in our faith in Christ in the trials of our own temptations? Well, James has an obvious way to do this. If the trials are being tempted to sin, then what we need is to turn away from our sin and instead listen to the word of God, trusting him and obeying what he says. Look at it there from verse 19. Verse 19, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The evil that is so prevalent the desires that linger within, when tempted by your desires that give rise to anger and moral filth, James says, when that happens, make the choice to get rid of them, spurn them, purge yourself of them, so that instead of listening to your evil desires that are tempting you into sin, instead you persevere in your faith in Christ by humbly accepting his word. Verse 21 again, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. See, as you wrestle with your own evil desires tempting you to sin, how do you persevere in your faith in Christ? You hear his word, you trust his word, and you do what he says. Because trusting Christ and obeying his word, by definition, you'll also be saying no to the temptations of your sinful desires. But if you don't trust Christ, well, then you won't obey his word. You know, if you don't trust the shopkeeper, you're not going to buy their product. You don't trust the driver, you're not jumping in their car. If you don't trust God, you won't do what he says. You'll end up feeding your sin, but the person who does trust God, well, they listen to his word and they do what he says. In the face of your own sinful desires, tempting you to sin... You persevere in your faith in Christ by listening to his word and obeying him. And James wants us to be crystal clear there is no point just listening to God's word. To persevere in your faith in Christ, you need to actually do what he says. Verse 22: do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Just listening is not going to help you. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, it's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You know to look at yourself in the mirror and immediately forget what you look like. That's pointless. You now why bother looking in the mirror to see if your hair needs doing, if you're just going to forget, as soon as you leave the bathroom, you might as well not have looked. Well, there's no point in listening to God but not doing what He says. If you're not going to obey Him well, you may as well not have listened. Especially when it comes to persevering in your faith when you're being tempted to disobey God. The best way to persevere in your faith when being tempted to sin is to hear God's word and obey him because that way you won't be giving in to your temptations. So how do we do that? How do we go about obeying the word of God? Well, obviously, we're going to need to hear it. Can't obey the word of God unless you know what it says. So, you know, coming along to church, coming along to your growth group, reading your Bible for yourself at home, they're all good. But in terms of actually being obedient. Back in verse 21, James tells us how to do that. Two things to do. Look at it again. Verse 21 Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word. You are not going to obey God's word if you're clinging to your moral filth. If you are cherishing your sin, lingering over it, playing with it in your mind, enjoying even just the idea of your sin that is not going to help you to be obedient to God and so there's the first thing get rid of all moral filth choose to hate your sin and the second thing James says is that we ought to humbly accept God's word coming to God's word with the attitude that he knows best Not looking for fault in what he says, not looking for excuses as to why you don't have to do what he says, but humbly, meekly, even trembling at his word, as Isaiah says, having a heart that is quick to listen. So pray that God will help you to accept what he has to say, to love what he has to say, so that you'll wholeheartedly and gladly do what he says, living out your faith in him, trusting him as you take him at his word, and so do what he says. And if you do, as you do, when you do, well then verse 25... But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. The blessing of continuing in your faith, the blessing of developing perseverance, the blessing of receiving God's promised eternal life, it'll all be yours as when you attempted to sin, you not only hear God's word, but you obey him. Looking intently into his word, trusting your God by doing what he says. That's how to persevere in your faith in Christ when you're tempted to sin, you obey the word of God. Now, over the next four chapters, James is going to apply this principle to some specific situations. He's going to zero in on what his original readers were being tempted with. And we're going to look at them over the next four weeks. But for now, here's what we've got so far. We all face the trials of being tempted by our own evil desires to give in to sin. It is probably going to happen over morning tea. And the way to persevere in your faith in Christ in these trials is to... Humbly accept god 's Word, trusting Him, and so doing what He says instead of giving in to the temptations of our own desires and brothers and sisters, if you 're feeling a little overwhelmed by all of that, James has got some great news for you. He wants you to know you're not in this you 're not in this on your own. In verse 5, God gives the wisdom to do this. In verse 12, God's the one who gives eternal life. In verse 18, it's God who has given us birth into his family. And in verse 21, it is God who has implanted his word in our hearts. God is right here with us in all of it. And so with our God right beside us, with his word planted within our hearts, Let's humbly accept his word, not just listening to it, but doing what it says, to persevere in our faith and so receive eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for the clarity of your word and we admit to the temptations of our own evil desires and so father we pray that you would give us the strength of character to not just to listen to your word but to humbly accept your word by doing what you say father we don't want to walk in sin we don't want to feed our evil desires we want to be faithful to you and so father thank you for implanting your word in our hearts And we pray you would continue your good work. That in us we would gladly and humbly, meekly love what you say and live by what you say. That we might continue in our faith, persevering until the end. Father, to receive the crown of life that you've promised to all who love you. And so we ask these things in your son's name. Amen.